In this episode of the Ruff Ruff Raw podcast, we get to know Cynthia, an animal communicator, animal Reiki specialist, and much more. She shares how our pets are more than just animals and how they help heal us just as much as we help heal them. Tune in. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Ruff Ruff Raw podcast. Today, we're here with Cynthia, an animal communicator. Cynthia, welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me to this wonderful show. Yeah, thank you. Uh, this today, I think, is going to be so interesting for everybody because it's kind of new territory for for many of us to um, be able to communicate with animals and also the healing with animals. But before we get into all of that, Cynthia, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your pet family? Yes, um, my pet family varies. Um, I started out with cats all my life, mostly Persians and Himalayans. I did fostering and adopting them out. I, you know, involved in rescue. Um, I found my calling take, um, taking in seniors that lost their humans and needed a quiet place to live out their senior lives. Um, I learned how to take care of their medical needs as they declined. Um, to date, I've helped over 30 seniors to cross the bridge. Um, that never gets easier, um, but those animals are very grateful to be with someone that loves them at that time. Mm -hmm. um, I have currently an orange tabby that does not um, have the use of his rear legs, so I have to express his bladder, oh. um, and I have to stimulate his bowel. So, you know, this is an ongoing thing. Um, I recently adopted two little Morkies. They're a lot of fun, a lot of work. Um, <laughs> last, last month, I took in a senior snowshoe. She is 20 years old. She stayed with her owner on her chest as she passed away. Um, the family was allergic, uh, so they contacted me, and I don't know how much time she has left, but she has quality of life, whatever she needs, I can provide for her. So mm -hmm. my family changes. I get a lot of seniors, and they pass, and then I take in another one. So, you know, the, the dynamic changes. Wow, that's really, that's really um, uh, good of you is not quite the phrase I'm looking for, but just really compassionate of you to do that. Yeah. It's heartbreaking at times, and it's sad to see them, um, you know, decline, but nobody else wants to do that part of it. You know, they all want the fun kittens and that kind of thing, and I just have mm -hmm. a special affinity of the seniors, so. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's, yeah, that is, it's a hard age for, for an animal to get um, taken in at, right? That's for sure. Right, yeah. Yes, yes. They do have a lot of medical requirements. Mm-hmm. So is that kind of how you started with animal communicating when you started to take in all of these animals or how did you really get into it? Well, I've always been involved in what's called metaphysics, um, such as I've been uh, doing astrology charts since I was 20. Um, I've learned how to do tarot card readings. I was doing that, I don't know how many years, 20 years um, doing tarot card readings for people. And then I said, uh, then I was also certified as a Reiki healer, which is an energy healer. Um, my next step was uh, animal communication I wanted to learn, and I found a teacher. I took her classes, and I joined the group and have been practicing um, for quite a while, and now I just started branching out on my own. So um, it just all was a progression of just my desire to learn metaphysics and help people and animals. Mm -hmm. Now you said that um, you took uh, classes in animal communication, but when we were talking uh, the other day, uh, you mentioned something about um, you feel like you actually already were always communicating with animals, but you just didn't realize it. But yeah. 
Right. That's true. Um, you know, when I was little, I was always um, empathetic to animals and their, you know, their feelings and that kind of thing. Um, it just, I was more aware of it. It just hit me. Oh yeah. I've been communicating with them and I didn't realize I was until I took the class. It's just one of those things that you don't realize that you're doing. It's just kind of intuitive. I was empathetic towards them and I, I kind of knew what they wanted, but until I took the class, it didn't confirm for me. Yes, that's what I was actually doing. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to explain it better than that. Taking mm -hmm. a step back, how would you describe what animal communicating is? Um, for me, animal communicating is hearing, hearing them say something to me, um, having a feeling. It comes in different ways as your psychic sense, whatever, uh, getting, yeah, getting a feeling, hearing something, seeing a picture, uh, however they want to send a communication to me. And I'm just open to all of it. That's what animal communication mm -hmm. is. If somebody asks me a question right away, boom, I hear that answer from that animal if they're willing to communicate with me. Or sometimes I've had an animal that will turn their back to me because they don't, they're done, they're ready to go and they don't want to talk to anybody anymore. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, I guess they, well, right. I mean, you know, and that's happened to me, you know, an animal is ready. They wanted their owner to take them to be euthanized and they were done, you know. <laughs> How do you tell that to the owner? But you do. Right. That's what they wanted. So, you know, I never know what to expect from the animal when, you know, when I'm asking him something. Oh, yeah, sure. It's a, it's quite quite an open field there. Uh, so so you do the animal communications, but I, on your website, I see you have several different kinds of services you offer. Can you go through like real quick, like what each of those services are? Yeah. Um, so I offer the animal communication sessions, um, Reiki healings, which is an energy healing. Akashic Records, which um, takes you into past lives, uh, tarot and angel card readings. So the animal communication um, helps you connect with a pet that's living or deceased. Um, I have helped locate pets. I've helped owners to understand how to uh, alleviate bad habits or to help the animal so it won't have the bad habits. Mm. So we work with the animal and the owner. Um, a lot of times I'm called from rescue to send Reiki to an animal, and I can do that anywhere um it's it's an ancient japanese healing that it's almost like sending love but it's a little bit more intense you're sending that to the animal and it's amazing they'll start to eat or they'll do this or they're ready to cross you know it, um i get a lot of calls about sending reiki to animals um see akashic records is a connection to past life energies i helped heal an uh, owner and a horse and a mule that had a past life connection um, where the, ho the horse actually killed the mule and the owner was going to give the horse up. But I talked to her and told her what, why he was acting that way. And they went on to win awards. So, uh, and then the tarot and angel card readings are for the owner because sometimes they need help with issues. And uh, I just thought I'd offer that as well, you know. Mm -hmm. That um, made me think of a question real fast and you might not have an answer to it but do a lot of people and their pets have past lives together or does that necessarily co yes. not coincide no they do and a lot of times the pet can come back like um i have a, I had a cat and the cat a cat told me it was coming back and it came back as a dog it surprised me it told me what it was going to come back as it's the dog i have now that's funny <laughs> now do they um do you see the same personality 
Um, yes and no, but they came here to learn something different, and I thought the cat was going to come back as a cat again, and he surprised <laughs> me coming back as a dog. Uh-huh. Like, what am I here as a dog for? But he's got a different set. He wanted to be with me, but he's got a different set of lessons to learn as a dog as he did mm-hmm. as a cat. So right, they're right. learning like we're learning yeah, as we incarnate. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Can you talk to us about how our pets help heal us as humans? Pets are, give us unconditional love. Um, they send love to us at all times. Um, if you notice when you're upset, they'll come and comfort you. Um, they help us open up our hearts. A lot of times our hearts are closed for, for whatever reason. Um, cats are actually masters at Reiki and protecting us from negative energies. Like if you think you have a ghost in the house or whatever, a cat can sense that in your house and they can send away bad energy. So um, basically they're unconditional love and love, and that's what they help keep our hearts open. Mm-hmm. Now, that's funny talking about the ghosts right then. I was just talking to my um, sister-in-law and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm dabbling with looking at getting a, a new property, a new house. And I said, yeah, but I, I wonder about ghosts being in the house. And she goes, take a cat with you. <laughs> and I thought, well, I don't yeah. have a cat. I don't have a cat to take with me. <laughs> yeah, you can borrow ours. I was going to say at our old, um, we lived in a really old mill building before when we first got um, there, our first cat. And you could tell that there was a presence in the house and he didn't like it or that it was just uncomfortable and you could always see him watching things and we've since moved and there's also a complete shift in his personality as well now that we're in a new space yeah and it depends on if the ghost is friendly or not so you know if there's there's um spirits around and then there's ghosts so there's two you know there's different things there can be i can't even say that word they can be bad or good and uh (laughs) <laughs> so well, I think that too. Yeah, I think. Well, the the building you were in was a old mill, and so there were probably lots of um, tragedies there because it's you know, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, lots right. of stuff happens in that building. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, you know, even there were probably accidents and fires and you know things that have happened over because that building is what probably a hundred years old or so. I mean, revamped, but into yeah. apartments, but it still is keeping the the history of that that place mm-hmm. right so, so do you have oh go ahead go ahead i was just going to ask if you have any experiences or stories you want to share about um helping animals or how animals have helped their humans yes i have uh two stories um a friend a rescue friend calls usually you know she gets in um rescues with the rescue i work with uh that She got in a cat that survived a house fire. Um, The house had 20 or more cats, and he was one of the five cats survived. His name was Phoenix. All his friends were gone. He was devastated and traumatized. So she asked me to come over and do some Reiki and try to communicate with him. I had to go there quite a few times. I mean, I worked with him over two, three months, and then finally he came out. And what we found out is that uh, he loved the one woman uh, that lived in the house. So she put her T-shirt in there with him, and he started to come out of his shell more. She would sing to him, and finally they let him out of the cage, and he would just be with her. And he had uh, a couple good years before he passed away. He had smoke inhalation and that kind of thing. But we helped him over his trauma, you know, through Reiki and and speaking with him and that kind of thing. Um, And then she called me about a lost cat in the house. She had another rescue And she's like, oh, my God, I lost Trixie. I lost Trixie, you know, and where is she? So I saw 
the cat go past uh, living uh, the the couch and, and down the basement. It got spooked, and it, I said it was hiding in this one corner where you got all the food and stuff. And she kept looking for it, but she didn't look thoroughly enough. And she ended up getting somebody that had one of those heat sensor things. Sure enough, the cat was underneath something. So and. Every time she asked me, I kept seeing the same picture of where this cat was, and she ended up getting, you know, finding the cat. So that was interesting information. <laughs> right, right. And uh, too bad the boxes weren't so labeled. You could say, okay, she's under the macaroni and cheese box. <laughs> yeah, I just felt she was in that corner. I, I guess right. if I if I went over there, I would have just looked more thoroughly and said, there she is, you know. But it, was, right. it happened the way it should have happened. So you know. <laughs> yeah, and you don't need to, it sounds like you don't need to necessarily be in the same place as somebody, correct, no, or the I animal don't. you're I, communicating I, with, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm seeing it telepathically or intuitively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what no, you, I don't need to, go ahead. What do, you, what do you find to be the most difficult about communicating with animals? Are you like, um, do you, do you find it, well, there's probably lots of things that are difficult. Um, so here are some just questions that I think. Um, are you are animals always trying to communicate with you all the time? Like, do you feel like they're you're being like um, bombarded? Bombarded? Oh, yeah. Um, or... I, I don't. I don't talk with my communicating with my own animals is I'm not as objective. So I may or may not really know what they're saying. I have to usually ask somebody else to help me or okay. confirm what I'm getting uh-huh. because. You know, I'm better at communicating with animal I never met. Okay. Um, when I scroll scroll through Facebook and I see different animal pictures on there, and and they some of them kind of like they stop me and I can hear what they have to say, and then I will go and let that person know if I got a message and I feel that they're open to it. Um, mm-hmm. But they're mm-hmm. not communicating all the time. But sometimes I do get messages that the owner needs to know something. So, mm-hmm. and then of course it it probably is very difficult to tell the owner something that's sad or something yes. that is worrisome. Mm-hmm. I, I just did that today. Um, an owner I've been working with, the horse, the mule, and the owner, um, well, she had a dog that I was working with, a German shepherd, and, um, you know, he's got the cancer back. And she was asking how will he let the owner know that he's ready, and I, I gave her the signal. You know, I told her what the dog told me to tell them when oh, he's ready okay. to go. So, yeah, yeah so. that has to be very hard. Well, I mean, she was already, you know, it's harder when you see that the animal's ready to go and the owner's not ready to go. That's harder. Mm -hmm. She was was already prepared for the animal that she knew it needed to, it was done or it's going to be done. It's not going to be much longer. But when people are not ready to let their animal go. um, Or when they doubt themselves, when they doubt, like if they're making the right decisions and... Yeah, did I let the animal go too long, too soon? I just dealt with a lady today with that as well, and somebody had given her a really bad reading, made her feel really bad, and so I said I would connect with that dog that passed, and so I I gave her comfort, you know, that the dog had a different message, you know. So, right, we talked about that a little bit yesterday about yes, yes how we did. the pet was thankful, actually. Yes, because it was scared to be going through the pain. Like mm-hmm. maybe it was a little a day or two premature, but that day or two was not going to be a good day or two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was ready to go then. Yeah. So. Right. Know, so different animals want different things. Yeah. 
So going back to um, all the services you provide, do you want to add a little bit of any more information about that before we switch over to talking about nutrition or, or do you want to talk about um, our, our experience that we talked about today? Um, if you want to share one, I mean, we can share one if you would like. I can um, share one animal if you would like to. Okay. Um, do you want to pick or I don't care which one? No, you, it's your animal. You pick. <laughs> Matilda, which one do you want to, her to talk about? Oh, I don't mind. Um, do you want to? Well, I know you said Trent, our horse, wasn't very talkative. So he might not be a good right. one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they they just you know they just answered a question that was posed, and I just gave them the information. Yeah. So and you know that would but, be Trent too. That would be just the way he is. You know, so matter of fact. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Zoe because you kind of okay. talked about a little bit of her past experience too? Okay. All right. Sure. So, okay. Um, so the question you had asked me about Zoe is Zoe is a dog. I don't know what type of dog. He's great. She's gray. I don't know yeah. what type of dog. She's a Weimaraner. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so you asked me if she was traumatized before we re- you rescued her. Mm-hmm. And what she told me was um, she didn't really want to talk about it too much because she doesn't want to be in that place anymore. Mm-hmm. So she's not but doesn't she feel that, that way anymore. Right, right. Okay. And she didn't want to think about her past. I mean, even the picture you gave me is like a party girl. So <laughs> well, yeah. uh, she told me... It- it was Cece's, it was, uh, yeah, it was uh, Cece's birthday party. <laughs> so I had yeah, so want, you know, this is what she wants to be. So it's perfect. <laughs> she said, in the past, she didn't always have enough food and was hungry many times, even as a puppy. Um, she said she was happy now and enjoys her good life. And I had seen her where she would have food issues that she was, um, you know, hoarding food or going after food, like worried that there's not going to be enough food and always eating something. Um, and I recommended to you to probably use some box flower uh, remedy to help her heal emotionally. I didn't know the particular kind, but even the rescue remedy would really help her over that. <laughs> and that totally fits with how she is and how she behaves here. When we first got her, um, so it's been about a year and a half now, she would just almost eat my hand off when I'm trying to give her a treat. So, you know, we first had to be really careful, especially if, you know, we had a little cousin coming over trying to give her treats that she wouldn't just snatch oh. the whole hand. She was so voracious about it. And now she's, um, she's more tempered, but she still is. It's still with her. She, um, yeah. she does respect my other dog when she's eating. She waits for her to finish, but she paces and paces until my other dog is done eating. And when my other dog leaves the area, then she runs in there and licks the bowl and Cece doesn't usually leave anything anyway so I find it mm-hmm. interesting that she's still double checking even though there's nothing there and then she goes back and checks her bowl again and then and then right. she can calm down or, or like if we're um and making dinner or something if um there's still food up on the counter or or just anywhere um and it's not put away yet she will keep pacing mm-hmm. until all food is put away and she can't get it she even right. she, won't, she won't relax so yeah I could I, I had that feeling that there was something with food deprivation with her but she is yeah. start to, she's starting to take treats nicely now where she knows she's gonna get it you know I'm not gonna keep it from her and she's trusting right. trusting it more so right. yeah and she seems um more settled in the last year and a half yeah. 
my aunt, I was just saying to you that my aunt came over and says, wow, what a difference. Cause she hasn't seen her in a long time. She said, this is a, a big difference from when we first got her. So just more calm. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. She's so in I a happier like, environment. She's happy. I can feel the happiness in her. She says, I want to stick with this life. <laughs> you know? Yeah. She, um, I can see her smile sometimes. You know how some dogs have that curling lip. <laughs> yeah. So she smiles at me a lot. So <laughs> yeah. So, it's it's nice. So let's um, let's head over to nutrition now. So we did a, a nutritional consult, and can you tell me or tell our audience why did you d- decide to do a, a nutritional consult with me? Um, because I believed in I believe in healthier e- eating for myself and for my animals. Um, there's too much controversy today with some of the foods, you know, with the dry food, you know. Uh, oh, this one's going to cause this and this one, and then they want to push you toward the prescription ones or the, you know, the main three main companies, and I won't even talk about their names, but I just never felt that dry food is the way that we should be feeding our animals. It's not natural. It's, it's, it's like eating cereal every day, and I just couldn't wrap my head around it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first dog I got didn't eat much. He had dry food, and I was a little worried about him. I tried giving him some canned food or, you know, wet food, and he just didn't eat so much. And then I got the second dog, and the breeder had told me to um, put some um, uh, cooked chicken on there, cooked mm-hmm. ground chicken, and she just scarfed up. And I'm like, you know, this is probably a better way. Even though I'm vegetarian, I want to feed my <laughs> animals something that, that's going to make them feel good, you know, not about me. So, um, you know, I called Shepherds and found out about you, and, and then, um, you know, I'm on my way to helping them eat healthier. Yeah, so I know my mom was telling me a story of how you've you kind of started to move to fresh feeding, but the they weren't necessarily keen to some of the new ingredients or things you were trying. Can you kind of talk about what you're feeding them now and what that journey has been like? Right. So right now, what I do is um, I cook ground beef, chicken, or turkey. I usually add the eggs. I add an egg or two, and I cook it with the raw organ meat um, that I get from you, and I add the supplements after. So. I cook that up and give that to them, and I add the um, the vitamins. Uh, oh, you told me to use uh, uh, the kelp. Now my brain spot. Mm-hmm. The yeah. kelp and uh, yeah. the, the hemp oil and the omega threes and those kind of things and the bone meal. So I'm adding that to the cooked food. Um, but what I noticed also is that they don't like to eat too much in the morning. Right, so right. What I've done I is, found that funny. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I don't understand. They won't eat the same protein or the same meal twice a day. I don't. They're just strange. I don't know. So I ended up getting some of that stuff. (laughs) I don't. I don't like leftovers. I won't. I usually won't eat it the same meal, the same thing the next day. Very rare. (laughs) Yeah, they're kind of fussy like that too. So I ended up getting this Bella and Chewy um, frozen raw, and uh, they like that. And so I crumble some up give them a couple patties in the morning. They may graze, graze it through the morning to like noon and then at, at night then they're hungry again. And I just figured that works. And I always have dry food out, which I went to Zignature. They like the essentials for small puppies. So I'm just playing a little bit here and there. They love pork chops with uh, celery, carrots, and um, apples. So that's, that's, that's their favorite right now? <clears throat> That's yeah, a, but I yeah. don't like to make it too much because I was told that pork is not as good, but I guess I don't know that for sure. Well, once again, um, variety is very good for them to have a variety of proteins. But 
anything fresh is better than the kibble anyway. As long as I it's, agree. you know, as long as you're getting, you know, the main ingredients of, you know, including your calcium and all of that. But, um, right. you know, it, it, an imbalanced, an imbalanced fresh diet can be worse than a commercial diet just because it's missing things. But, you know, it, it sounds like you're, you know, you're kind of sticking close to the recipe, but you're playing with it. You're adding what you think your pets might like. Have you ever asked your pets what they like? With you know, like I said before, it's hard to communicate with my own animal uh-huh. because I don't know if I would get the right answer, you know, if I would just yeah. be imposing on them. So I usually don't try to read my own animals. I'm not that good at it. I'll be honest about that. <laughs> Uh-huh. Well, you should probably hire, you could hire somebody to ask them. <laughs> yeah, I will. Yeah, Although, no, I have friends in my group that I can ask. Yeah, I can right. ask them. Although you can kind of tell, you know, like my, my Cece doesn't care for pork as much as she likes beef. So she'll, okay, she'll, right. she'll sometimes put her snoot up to pork. And uh, there was one time where um, I, <clears throat> when I was first starting, I bought a whole rabbit. And actually I bought two. And they were already cleaned and everything and all I had to do was you know she's a big dog seven she was 75 right. pounds at that pound and this rabbit was a small one it, you know it just had its main body it wasn't the whole rabbit and so I gave it to her outside and I thought oh she's gonna love eating this <laughs> she wouldn't even touch it and I'm like oh, oh. So then I had to make it into smaller pieces she still wouldn't touch it and I'm like I just spent all this money on these two rabbits and this, I... is, this is before I had Zoe she would have eaten it up no problem but um it just rabbit is not her thing. She doesn't really care for rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. So just like people. Yeah. And people tell me to quit not uh, that I shouldn't be switching proteins. And I, I thought, no, because we switch proteins. We don't have a problem. I don't mm-hmm. understand why an animal would have a problem switching proteins. They want something different. They want yeah. variety, I would imagine. Yeah. Just like, well, you know, if you're, if your pet has a, um, problem digesting then you might go a little slower you wouldn't change as often but if you're if you're if your pet companion is is able to um, handle different kinds of proteins then I switch it up all the time and sometimes several different kinds in the same day just like us you know we don't have to eat beef one day and only chicken another day and each each protein has different um, uh, makeup different qualities that are good for them. Right. Mm -hmm. So have you noticed any changes in the dogs and cats since you've adjusted their diets? Um, I've, I've only changed the dogs because they're, they were puppies and it was easier. The cats are kind of stuck to their, you know, whatever. Sometimes they'll sniff and they'll eat a little bit of it, but they, they like their canned food. So they're happy with that. Um, but I did notice that the dogs would always go eat cat poop if I fed them just the dry food and now they don't even bother with it because they're getting what they need, the nutrition they need from their um, diet now. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah. So um, they're not trying to, I I know you said they still like to check (laughs) to see if the cats leave anything, but um, I found that interesting too with what, with my um, dogs, they seem to be more satisfied when I give them the, you know, the fresh food rather than the kibble. Right, right, because I don't think the kibble gives them everything. It's not um, fulfilling something in them that they're looking for. So, mm-hmm. well, um, and I also sure. found that my cat, my dogs like uh, salad on top of their food. It's really strange. 
They like the lettuce, they like the carrots, they like the red cabbage, you know, or the snow peas. So I had that, and they were so excited about getting it. It's a treat for them. And I'm like, oh, that's good, cucumbers, you know. Uh I thought that was funny when you said uh, you talked about opening up the the bag of um, the salad mix, and they just come, they love it so much. I'm like, oh, that is so funny. You're the second. You're you're my second customer that has talked about that. And my dogs, they're like salad. What are you talking about? I was going to say, Cece won't eat any vegetables. <laughs> no, only if oh, they're wow. only if they're cooked or like in her food. She'll eat cooked broccoli. She loves cooked broccoli. Like if you know stalks, if they're cooked, but um, not uh, neither one of them though will eat lettuce or spinach. If I just give them a leaf of it, they're just like, what is this? <laughs> but it is. Oh in their- yeah, mine like. Spinach too, but you had said from our consultation that because yes. of their breed that I need to be careful of, right. of eating spinach. So, yeah, you can give yeah. some in moderation, just not, you know, that should not be the bulk of their meal. Just And that is true. There are certain breeds that are have certain tendencies. So when I do my consults, I try to look at that as well. And then, of course, if they already have a condition, I look at that too. I try to steer more to foods that will keep them healthy or help them on the path to being healthier. So that that's important yeah, to was, as well. There was good information to know because I wouldn't, wouldn't have known, you know, so it's good to know that, okay, not so much spinach and that type of thing. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. There are some vegetables, like some dogs don't do as well um, with broccoli. You know, you don't want to give too much of that. Or um, there are some foods that are better for other conditions like heart. If your dog has a heart condition, feeding heart is actually really good for that. And um, also if you were concerned about the whole taurine thing, heart has quite a bit in there, taurine. So if people were interested, oh, okay. like you can go to the butcher and just get a heart or you can ex- actually ask them to grind it up. But in that organ mix that I sell, it yeah. does have heart in it. But, um, uh, hearts of muscle meat. And so there's a lot of, um, you know, that's where they get the taurine from is from meat. So, okay, uh, yeah. So, but th- that is a whole nother story, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. the, um, the organ meats are just really good too, to just, you were saying that you make little cubes of the, of the mix too. No, no. What I do with the organ meat is I kind of defrost it a little bit so I can cu- cut it up into um, a smaller container because they're small dogs. I don't use the whole oh, thing. Right. right. So I cut it up to maybe, I don't know, six slices. And then I put them in a smaller plastic container in the freezer. And then when I'm ready, I pull it out and add it to a pound of ground beef, turkey, whatever I have. And oh, then so you make it. And I add the eggs. Uh, yeah. Right, because the container is a two-pound container, and you may, you, right. you put it into portions that are easier for you to just grab each when you need it. Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. That, you're right. And plus, you're a vegetarian, so I know that handling the meat, you didn't like to do that, but this was your way around it a little bit. Yes. Yeah. The other thing I do with the vegetables, I found out sometimes they weren't eating um, some vegetables, so what I would do is put it in my Nutribullet with a little bit of water, with mm-hmm. the egg and everything, and I would just add it to their ground meat. So that way they would they would eat it without really knowing. Yeah. <laughs> right. In there. right. Now, have you ever uh, tried to feed your cats any of the organ meat? Um, they do like it. No, I haven't done it, like, put it out there for them to eat. I'm sure they probably would eat it. You yeah. Know, I don't know. I have to try that. Yeah, I wonder if they would, I, I would assume they would like it. But then they're, they can. It's just organ meat. That's all it is. And they're okay with, the cats are fine with that, too. Right. 
Right. It's yeah. an appropriate food yeah. for I them. I have to try that. That's, that's my mm-hmm. next goal, but for the first now I'm getting the dogs done, and then we'll work on the cats. They're setting their ways, my, like I said. Are you there, Matilda? Yeah, I was going to say my favorite with the cats is they, when I give them, like, a shrimp or any anything raw, they, like, growl as they eat it, as if they're, like, hunting oh. it in that moment. It's They're both just sitting there, yeah, growling that's at their food funny. while they eat it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're fun. They'll eat, they'll eat anything besides that goat's milk. That you tried to give us. <laughs> that was the only thing. It was golden goat's milk, and it was yellow, and it they stuck their paws hit. in it. it yeah, two- and they got it all over the kitchen. It was just yellow paw prints. It was all over the fridge, all over the whole house because they just stuck their paws in it and then ran around. <laughs> oh, that's funny. They're like, we're not going to eat this, but we'll get it around the house. <laughs> Yeah, you never know. You never know what any animal's gonna like. They, you know, you just gotta try certain things and 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 keep a record of it, and that way you can right. remember. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, do you have any tips about like people that are just starting out feeding fresh, and you know, or any of your thoughts about um, how difficult it is? Um, it's it's just. You know, I always wanted to be like, reg- I like it regimented here. We're doing this and that, but it doesn't go that way. What I found is just to keep some dry food out, um, not make a big batch of anything you're making. Because you don't know <laughs> if they're going to end that. up liking it. Yep. So small batches, you test it, you write down what you did because, you know, that's the one they're going to like. You want to know how to make it like I did the pork chops and, oh, my God, that was crazy, mm-hmm. you know. So that's one of the go-to ones. And then I just write down what recipes I've done and what I did. And then I just say go slow, you know, go slow with them because they're learning something new, especially if they're not puppies. You know, I'm starting these guys out as puppies. If you have an older dog or, you know, whatever, it's going to take a little bit longer for them to switch. Mm -hmm. You know, you still got to keep some of the old ways and then move them into the new way. I thought that, um, you having the backup food was a great idea because you never know when you're going to either run out of your food or when maybe you just had too busy of a day and you can't make something or somebody else has to feed your your pet and you know they can't just run out to McDonald's and go get something right so you know it's always good to have a backup um, food available at all times and and something that they're kind of used to eating not just something random but um that's really important because they just, you know, they, you don't want to change up their whole, cra- you know, something, give them something crazy just to feed them something, but, you know, right. something they're used to. So I think that's a really great idea. Um, do you have um, any other things you'd like to add about feeding fresh or even about your um, animal communication? Well, I just, you know, just to make sure you don't make changes too fast and then, um, the animal communication, uh, you can find me out on my website, um, and I also have a Facebook page. It's animalsoulinsights.com, and then my Facebook page is there. Um, and there's more descriptions on what I do and what I offer. If you have any questions, you can send me an email. I'll be more than happy to answer those questions. Mm-hmm. Right, and you have a little contact me button on there I saw. So yeah, your website's very nice. It um, it very easy to navigate and to um, get to the information. So it's well, I actually I actually do websites on the side too. I'm a um, by trade. I'm a commu- computer programmer. So I got <laughs> one of my degrees in uh, 
in uh, computer programming. So, so, so if any of our customers need that as well, they could contact you. Yeah, I do. I do uh, the, you know, the what those kind of websites. Yeah, and I've done it for other places. So, yeah. Yeah, well, it's a nice website, and um, yeah. You. So, Animal Soul S O U L Insights is her um, website, and it's full of great information. And uh, Matilda, do you have anything else you'd like to add in there? No, I was just going to say, I really like that you brought up kind of the have patience and slowly transition things. I think a lot of times we forget that animals have their own personalities and journeys and that Mm -hmm. we wouldn't want to switch our diet overnight. You know what I mean? Like how would we want to be treated? And that's how we should think about also treating our animals. Exactly. Exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. It was very interesting uh, talking with you, and I hope that we stay in touch and we can uh, talk more about all of these things that we've been learning today. And um, I'll see you at the store, hopefully. Yes, and thank you for inviting me, and I love working with you with the animals and the food and all that. So just remember to treat your animals with love and respect, and feeding them good foods gives them the love that they give you back to them. And you will have a wonderful relationship with your animal. <laughs> hey, everyone. And thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Rough Rough Raw podcast. We love bringing you all this knowledge and content, and we want to make sure that we can keep it coming, which requires support from our listeners like you. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. Like us on Facebook and Instagram and show us your love by heading to shop.roughroughraw.com to subscribe to our newsletter and check out all of our resources. Thanks again for listening.